Hey guys, welcome to episode 32 of the Tea in Tokyo podcast. My name's Somya. And I'm Ellie. And what are we talking about on this episode? This week is a travel episode. We went to Nikko. It features multiple shrines, multiple waterfalls, and my first on-scene experience. Yeah, all of that coming up right now. a travel episode because we um over the last two days we went to Nikko. you might have heard of Nikko, you might not have it's pretty famous for its temples um if you ask people that live in tokyo of like nearby places to visit on the top of their lists Nikko is you know it's up there yeah when um, i mentioned at work that i was going to Nikko, everyone was like yeah you're not a foreigner living in japan until you've been to Nikko." yeah exactly it's only two hours away and it is in um, Toshigi uh, Prefecture, which is a new prefecture. We've never been to Toshigi before. Mm. So we've officially been to seven prefectures. And isn't it almost exciting. all of the prefectures in Kanto as well, which is cool. Yeah, we only have one more prefecture to go to. But the one that we have left, which I can't remember the name Ibaraki. Now. Ibaraki, yeah. Um, there isn't a whole lot to do there. I looked it up and uh, there's like a website that has like a list of like what to do in each prefecture. Ibaraki has two things. One of them is like a tall like sculpture and the other one's a waterfall. Oh no, Ibaraki so, is also kind of famous because it has really beautiful, I think it's like flower gardens in the spring. Like they're like really bright. Oh, colored. the lavender ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think true. that's Ibaraki. I've, actually, I don't think it is. No, wait, lavender's wrong. It's not the lavender ones. There's is other, it? there's another flower garden in Ibaraki. Oh, okay. All right, so, well, yeah, well, so we'll, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that eventually. But this time we went to Nico. Once again, I have my interesting facts, which uh, we can give you uh, throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to go to uh, Nico, you have to start off at uh, Asakusa Station. Well, it's Asakusa or Ikebukuro, I think. But Asakusa was more convenient for us. Yeah, Asakusa is closer anyway, so I think it'd probably be better to go to Asakusa. Mm. So, Asakusa, sorry. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, to get there, what we did is we got a, uh, what's called a Nikko Pass, which is 2,040 yen, and it's basically a pass that you can use to travel to Nikko and travel back, and use uh, basically the bus bus system within the Nikko city, and which a, is an unlimited number of times. Crazy, like, good deal yeah, yeah. You, you definitely save a lot of money like to get to nico without the pass is about the same price yeah so at the very least you're saving your whole trip back kind of thing now we paid a little bit extra because we wanted to go on the express train hmm. so i think instead of 2040 we ended up paying like 2600 yen or something like that no, i think it was a thousand more for limited express oh, okay yeah maybe um but yeah but it was still worth it for sure yeah and by totally. the way that that express though is only one way so you have to pay that like you have to pay um 800 yen or something extra uh when you come back as well yeah and um you have to like book it in advance because it's your seats are pre-allocated yeah but that's all right because you end up saving an hour on the express train instead of taking local trains you end up saving quite a little t- quite a bit of time and uh as an added benefit you can eat on express trains whereas <laughs> yeah. you can't eat on local trains yeah like the express train like has toilets you can eat on it it's got like i think there's like they mentioned a food cart at one point right like yeah. there's a machine there's two different nico passes that you can get there's a cheaper one and a more expensive one the cheaper one is for two days the more expensive one is for four days but also the more expensive one like the area that you can get free train free bus rides is like extended it like encompasses a larger area yeah it encompasses a larger area now we didn't go for that one but in retrospect we probably should have because we ended up buying like a second pass once we're in nico to cover Mm. those other areas anyway so honestly if you're planning on going to nico it'd probably be better to get the more expensive which is like four thousand yen or something yeah we just looked at it in terms of oh yeah we're going for two days we'll get the two-day one we didn't consider the fact that it includes a large area yeah so we only spent one night in nico which um is probably actually like the perfect amount of time yeah. <laughs> you don't really need to spend more than two days if you as long as you have two full days in nico that's all you need yeah um so the very first day we went to i'd say it's like the number one attraction in nico toshogu shrine mm. so toshogu shrine um is famous because it's a mausoleum for a shogun uh back in the 1600s 
named uh okay let me see what his name is togugawa lisasu liyasu liyasu sorry yeah togugawa liyasu um so he was the first shogun of the togugawa uh shogunate um which ruled from 1600 to 1868 so he's buried at the shrine now it's not just one shrine like this this area in my research i couldn't figure out what this area was called yeah and all of the like whenever you look it up they generally like group together so there's three main buildings and then within that there's like a bajillion other buildings at the shrine and they tend to all be called the toshogu shrine but they're not like but that's if you look up toshogu shrine it's generally going to be talking about all of them right I don't know, like, if, if you look it up, it does have the different shrines, but they're all in the same kind of area, and that area in general, I guess, usually people will talk about it just being the... Yeah, shog- yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, Toshogu Shrine area. But even, like, for example, the Toshogu Shrine, it's... Even that is a number of different buildings. It's, like, 20 yeah. different buildings or something. Um, it was built all the way back in 1617, and, yeah, man... It's pretty awesome. Like, it's, it's like, really grand. It's huge. Like, the yeah. area is massive. So, well, actually, let, let's just talk about, like, the first thing you see when you go there, uh, into the specific shrine anyway, is the uh, is a five-story pagoda. Mm. Okay, so it's a pretty big pagoda, and then you walk up the stairs um, into, like, the proper shrine area. Now, you have to pay. I can't remember how much it was. Maybe, like... like 700 yen? Yeah, it was, like, 700 yen or something. So, you go up, and uh, what I really liked about this place was the amount of detail. Mm-hmm. Like, the carvings are so, like, in-depth. Yeah. One thing we noticed, like, first, like, straight away was the um, carvings of, like, elephants that they have there. Or, like, elephant (laughs) paintings. And um, I think we were saying that it kind of looks like it was drawn by someone who hasn't seen elephants before. And then it turns out that's totally right. So it's actually called the So... So Zo Nozo Elephants. (laughs) So Nozo Zo. So Nozo Zo Zo Zo. Try to say that 50 times. I couldn't even say it twice. So that literally stands for imagined elephants. Yeah, there was like a plaque thing in front of one of them explaining that like the imperial artist was like drawing them based off of like descriptions and based off of other pictures that people had given him. It kind of makes sense, right? Like I'm pretty sure elephants aren't native to Japan. So, you know, he was just going based on what other people had seen when they explored other countries and stuff. Yeah. They also had, like, you know, just a bunch of other things. Like, for example, they had, like, all these statues. They had statues of lions. They had statues of, which I now know are called Neo. They kind of look like demon people, like red demon people. Oh, yeah. That are meant to be, like, protectors of Buddha. Oh, and they had one whole building that was just dedicated to the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkey. Where it was just covered in statues of that. And you could also buy a bunch of charms to do with it. Oh, no. What I found out about that is the the building... So, the building is a stable. Yeah, yeah. It's a And um, the the um, shogun back then had, like, all these horses. And horses are considered divine. And monkeys are actually considered the protectors of horses. Uh-huh. So, that's why there are monkey uh, statues. Or, well, actually, like, they're not really statues. Carvings. They're mon- monkey, yeah, carvings and stuff all around the stable. Mm. And, like, specifically for us, because we're from New Zealand, it was kind of exciting because <laughs> it turns out that Jacinda Ardern, our Prime Minister, had uh, donated a horse to them in 2018. Oh, nice. Now, I don't know if this is a real horse or, like, a figurative horse, <laughs> but, yeah, she gave a horse. And it, she's only, like, one of two world leaders who had given horses. Um, now, you walk through this... What do you, what do you call those things? Tory right? gate? Yeah, the Tory gate, yeah. There's this one uh, particular Tory gate there, which is, like... They call it the most decorated Tory gate in uh, in Japan. Mm. Wait, yeah, it is pretty decorated, like the one straight after the stables. Oh no, that's not like, a Tory gate. That's not a Tory gate. Oh, what what are what a are Tory gate is like those red ones. Oh, I think yeah, that so one's it's just not like Tory gate. It's just, just a, a gate, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just a gate. This is just an. I don't know if it has a. It's like name. golden, and it's like it had like a golden roof, and then it said something. One of the information panels, I'm sure it said something about how it has like one thousand carvings on it. Yeah, like it's like it's so ridiculous like over the top see for this uh for this podcast i spent the last like hour researching but ellie yeah. ellie doesn't have to do any research because she's the only one that actually reads stuff i love reading the stuff at these places i love hearing about it interesting fact about that gate one of the like uh what are the uh, columns mm. is upside down and apparently they did that because when if you finish a piece of work it's considered bad luck 
so the artist or whatever did it upside down so that he could say this way we'll never have misfortune although mm-hmm. I kind of wondered if he did it upside down by mm-hmm. accident then was like no oh, no man I totally need to do that <laughs> yeah I wonder if that's something common in other temples and stuff yeah and then upstairs there's a couple of temples that you can actually go into where you have to take your shoes off and then walk around mm. uh, we only went into one of them the second one had like a really long line we were like you know what once we've been into one we've kind of been into them all and at that point we'd been into like multiples within the total shrine complex yeah, as yeah. well <laughs> well i guess actually before we did that what we did was we walked up this like really long flight of stairs like we didn't expect it to be that long yeah we the, were tired yeah because the thing at the front um it said how it was sleeping cat yeah right which is kind of weird because the gate going into it there's a small little like painting of a cat on mm. top of the gate like really small like you barely see it and people were like looking at it they were taking photos of it and that's the only reason i even knew that it was there it turns out that is it like that is the main cat thing yeah when i saw we were going to the sleeping cat area i thought there was going to be like heaps of cats on the ground or something and i was really excited (laughs) but but no it was like that little small thing that you could so easily miss um and people were taking photos of it and it's basically it's just a it's just a painting of of a sleeping cat we bought like a little tablet with the drawing of that yeah. on it with those you're technically meant to write your message on them and then leave them at the shrine but we were like screw that we're paying like ten dollars for this we could hang this home yeah exactly yeah. so we bought it and we took it home yeah. and it's now hanging above our door because apparently it protects you from evil yeah the sleeping cat it's like the um it's like a symbol of peace apparently as well mm. so so yeah um but on the top of all these stairs is the actual mausoleum of toshogu yeah of toshogu wait toshogu no, that's, not, that's just the name of the shrine. His name is Togugawa. Oh, okay. Yeah. You could, like, walk around that. Yeah, my um, calves were hurting the next day because those were, like, steep steps because they were, like, outdoor, I don't know what it was, stone steps. Yeah, yeah. And, like, especially because we didn't realize there was that many. Like, you really can't tell. Behind that entrance gate, you don't realize that there's, like, a whole nother, like, really high up level. You can't tell at all until you go there. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when we walked back downstairs, we went to this place called the Honjido Hall, which is, um, it's part of the Toshugu Shrine. And this is like what we were talking about, where we had to take our shoes off mm-hmm. and then walk in. It features this thing called the Crying Dragon, which is a, like a drawing of a dragon on the ceiling, right? Yeah. So when you look up, you can see the dragon. And apparently it's called the Crying Dragon because if you're, if you go into the middle of the room and you clap two pieces of wood together the room is designed in such a way that kind of yeah. makes like a crying kind of noise wow um and they and it says that they do that for guests sometimes but they did not do that for us so well there was a lot of people there they probably did it earlier or something because there yeah, were some maybe. tours that you could join but they were speaking japanese so we just did our own thing yeah true so, yeah maybe they do it like every like 30 minutes or something and we like missed it yeah but like there is a good point though in that when you go to the shrines always look at the ceiling because i swear everyone we've been to has some cool like super artistic drawing on mm, the ceiling yeah normally of a dragon what i loved about the shrine was just the art like the articulate details articulate oh is that um articulate is like oh you're right well. yeah it's the um uh like like what, what word am i trying to think of here like not <laughs> no idea. like specific like I- intricate uh, intricate yeah. details yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so what i liked about this uh shrine was the uh intricate details mm. Um, like the little little carvings that they did all over the show. You know, you yeah. look, you see like these cool like blue birds at some places. Yeah, there was some you know, good ass birds. There's on like these dragons. Walls. There's lions. Some um, poorly done elephants. Yeah, some poorly done elephants. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's so much detail, and it's like it's really cool. Like you could spend a really long time there. Yeah. But yeah, so we made our way around, and then we went off to the next shrine. Um, well, actually, I kind of got the order wrong in this. Like I started <laughs> off with the second shrine, but we actually did. First, rewind. <laughs> First, we went to another shrine called the uh, Renoji Temple, and the Renoji Temple is—it's um, actually commonly called like the most important temple in Nikko. Oh yeah. And it was founded by this uh, Buddhist monk named Shodo Shoen, um, and he's actually the guy who introduced Buddhism to Nikko in the eighth century. Mm. So this shrine was made a long time, like way before the show um, to Shogu Shrine. Mm. It was built all the way back in 766. So this is the one where you could buy like a double pass to this shrine uh, and another yeah. to enter it. Um, but they had like sold out of the double passes. Well, like we couldn't really understand what she was saying, but the lady was saying, no, we can't get the double part, the big pass. So Well, yeah, they sold out. Like, I think we did understand <laughs> what he meant. Well, I mean, we're assuming that they have? said they were sold out. Maybe <laughs> yeah. she was being like... No, we don't want no foreigners here. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but it was like we paid like nine hundred yen to get in. 
to this one. Did we? I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. But yeah, it was it was cool. It was like um, this one had like a bunch of big ass golden statues on the inside. Yeah, giant statues of these three gods, I guess. Oh, one of the them thousand was, armed goddess of mercy. Yeah, one of them was um, Canon. Uh, Canon is the name. It's called like Shinju Canon, which is like um, th- these are all like I guess different forms of Buddha depending on like the specific um, uh. culture, I guess. Mm. that you know that worships them because this like, thousand arm god know. goddess only had two arms i mean she had four arms not a thousand so <laughs> there was also uh, one called amida which if you've seen like if you ever go to thailand or something you'll notice there's like a buddha that has like i could never tell if it was hair or like a crown i think it was here it looked like here in the statue yeah but it was kind of like bumpy like a bumpy head you know what i mean <laughs> And I always wonder, like, you know... It's, like, blue, though, right? Yeah, blue, yeah. Um, and, yeah, apparently it's called Amida, right? Um, so um, that was so the that middle was one. one. And then the other side was the horse-headed god of mercy, right? Yeah, so that's the Bato Cannon. Cannon with a horse head. And I think I'm pronouncing that in, like, a super Kiwi way. <laughs> cannon. <laughs> I believe... I, I doubt it's cannon. <laughs> Maybe Canon? Yeah, it's probably Canon or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only, yeah, you couldn't take pictures in there. It's like you can't no take picture pictures zone. in any of the shrines. Yeah, generally. yeah, you're not allowed to take pictures in shrines. Oh, and this one was cool because um, we kind of got trapped behind a massive tour group at one point. So we were just like waiting in this area while they went through the area ahead of us, and we like drew our luck from one of the areas. And there was like twenty different like little symbols you could get, and I got the wealthy, the welcome cat. So I oh, got yeah, a little cat, cat thing, and apparently it will bring me prosperity if I keep it in my wallet. So I put it in my wallet. Yeah, and it was like, um, it's one of those cases where, like, where you get a uh, fortune and it, like, applies to you perfectly. Yeah, it was kind of creepy how well this one applied to me. It was like, everything was kind of relevant for decisions we were making. So one of the things was we've been wanting to go back to New Zealand for my friend's wedding, but, like, the situation just conspired against us, right? Like, it's the middle of a pandemic. Travel is not really realistic right now. And the advice on this one was, like, Something like, travel won't work for you, don't do it now, or yeah. something. And then it was like, to do with money, it was like, money is, basically saying like, money is tight, be careful. I don't know, it was kind of like, I'm not being exactly what it said, but like, literally all the different points it had were kind of like, eerily, like, very relevant for me. Yeah, it really was. Which I know is like, it's like, what is it called, the Bauman effect or something? Yeah. When a statement could apply to anyone. But in this case, it was like, very <laughs> applicable to me. Mm. I would highly recommend people go to these temples though. Like we were kind of wondering if we should spend the money to go into yeah. them because you can you can like walk around them for free. Yeah. Right. Go well, I feel these, like if you uh, go temples. all the way to Nico to go to a temple, like what is thirteen dollars? Yeah. Extra? Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like. And the, the the statues in this temple were so massive. Yeah. yeah. And like, there was a bunch really of impressive. other small statues as well. There yeah. was those three huge gold ones of all the Buddhas. Yeah. And then like other little ones. The other interesting thing about that shrine area in particular, I don't know if you were going to mention this is that this whole temple complex used to be one shrine um like one temple like it was like multiple buildings but it was all considered one temple and it was this really unique blend of shintoism and buddhism that was like specific to this temple it was can't remember what it was called it started with s Mm. and then in like the 1800s the government was like no 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 we need you to decide which one you are and so it's split up into three separate temples to like abide by the government's mandate which is so random like it's yeah. weird to think that the government literally ordered a religion to like disperse <laughs> yeah i forgot what the um the period is called but it starts with m um but May- it's it starts from uh, 1868 would it yeah. be meiji because yeah, it's a meiji temple yeah maybe um but starting from 1868 um up till 1920 i think whoever was in charge of that point um made it so everything had to be separated which is uh, weird it's weird that the government can control what happens in a religion <laughs> Yeah, based on what I read, apparently the reason was um, just before that, right? Um, Japan had made a lot of treaties with like America and European countries uh. and stuff, like basically with the West, and like with a lot of um, treaties that the West made with like foreign countries, um, it highly favored the West. So basically, the Japanese were losing out really big mm. um, on a lot of these trades. Um, so they wanted basically to empower uh, Japan. So a lot of, like, the super, like, nationalist culture of Japan that you see even now comes from this period. Oh, wow. Um, And, like, for example, nationalism was taught in schools uh, every morning to, like, the kids. 
Mm. And yeah, part of that was, I think, to, you know, control exactly what kind of, like, Which to, to control of, people in that way where they could only have, like, one religion. Which is sad because I'm not very big on religion myself in the first place, but I also feel like it's kind of unfair that they could just be like, nah, we don't like that your religion has created a beautiful, perfect blend of two other religions. Yeah. You know, you've got to separate and become separate, especially when it's like, this temple has been around for like a thousand years at this point. Yeah. <laughs> well, like with everything, it all starts with white people, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hey, they're perfectly happy it, and right? then the Europeans had to come along and ruin everything. Uh, um, oh yeah, so right next to this, a part of this temple, is a wee little photogenic um, small pond. Which is really nice to take photos in, especially in autumn. Yeah. You have like the water down below with like the fish the and the tidal uh, waterfall man there was the one ginormous koi fish in that pond though yeah there it was, was like three <laughs> i tried to take a video of it and for some reason like with the light hitting it it literally looked like i'd photoshopped the fish in <laughs> yeah but it was like a real fish and it was about three times the size of the others yeah. i was anxious for the ones i was like this guy is about to eat the other fish mm. um and there was like another temple behind the one that we went to where i think they put on like shows every now and then mm. it was like I, I don't think you had to pay to get into it either. And it's not one where there's a whole lot to kind of see. You don't, like, walk around like you did in that temple. Mm. Um, instead, yeah, there's just a bunch of statues at the front. And I think you kind of just go in there to pray. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, like, seating areas. So I suspect it was, yeah. like... So, yeah, so this area is, um, like we said, it's, you know, got three main temples. So that's two of them. Um, the third one is Futarasan Shrine. Mm-hmm. Futarasan Shrine. Um, which was also made by our good friend Shadow Shonen, okay, huh? the Buddhist monk. All right. Um, this one's back in 782. So yeah, these two shrines are like a thousand or like 900 years older than um, the Shogu shrine. Yeah. And this one is dedicated to the three sacred mountains of Nikko. Mm. So Mount um, Nantai, Mount Nihoho, Nihoho, and mouth taro mm-hmm. one thing i've noticed about japan is they love doing things in threes mm. like if you look it up they always have like the three uh, mountains of nico the three mountains that you have to visit in japan the three like best waterfalls the three like the three uh important shrines of is there a cultural reason was there like is like three good luck or something because i yeah, know four I is so. bad luck i think so like three must be a good uh, good luck thing eh but the other thing is that I find interesting about that is that this was like a Buddhist temple and yet it was dedicated to the mountains. And like the thing with Shintoism is it's like the whole belief system is that like aspects of nature, when like old enough or big enough or like revered enough, develop spirits and they become gods or deities. Mm. So like I feel like this must have been the beginning of that blending of those religions. Yeah, probably. And it's kind of sad, though, that it was originally two Buddhist temples and one Shinto, and then when they were forced to split, it became two Shinto and one Buddhist. How <laughs> yeah. did they decide on that? I don't know. So in this one, um, in Futasaran Shrine, these ones, like, I, I barely even, like, remember these. We were kind of just on the outside for these ones. I can't they, remember. They I weren't honestly... that special, really. Um, like, the inside of it wasn't or Were we just, like, templed out by now? Like, we'd already been to two yeah, giant true. temples. Yeah, true. This was our third temple. Like, we paid more attention to, like, outside there was this, I think it was a was it a statue of a rabbit that we took Oh, no, there was a cute of? little mouse statue, because it's the year of the mouse, oh, I'm yeah, guessing. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, a mouse statue, yeah, that we took photos of. And there's this one is also, I think the thing with this one is it does have a massive wooden Tory gate outside, which I was reading is one of the World Heritage Sites, that oh, right. specific gate, because it's like, again, it represents that unique blend, because this one has lotus flowers on it, which you don't yeah. normally see. So that's why that one is like a world heritage site oh right so the other like super famous part of Nikko is this bridge it's called the shinko bridge Hmm. and um this bridge is actually technically part of the um fu tarasan shrine okay i didn't realize it was um yeah it's part of it although now it's kind of you know seen as something that's kind of distinct this bridge was made way after the shrine though like 1200 years afterwards in 1636 Hmm. it's considered one of japan's like best bridges right (laughs) which is another thing like i'm sure there's a top three list of this and yeah, to be honest, in my notes, I literally have one of Japan's three finest bridges <laughs> that they say. But man, it's it's like, it's a bridge. And the thing is, it's yeah. underwhelming is yeah, the problem. Because you hear like, finest bridge in Japan, you're like, oh, that's going to be some good ass bridges. Yeah. But this one, it's like, it's cool. It's like one of those typical, like red, old fashioned Japanese bridges where it's like the semicircle arch over a massive river. Yeah. But like... We just, like, walked to it from the shrine. So there's a bus stop at the bridge and a bus stop at the shrine. And on our way back, we just walked to it. And you can pay to go on the bridge. But we were like, meh. Why would we Yeah, pay? paying <laughs> to get on it is 
kind of dumb, I reckon. And I reckon the time that we went is a pretty good time to go. Uh, we went around probably like five o'clock or something. I think it was like four, um, yeah, four or five. Yeah, at that time there were very few people around. Um, like there was no one on the bridge itself. Yeah, I think which it was means, closed already. Yeah, which means you get great photos of the bridge. Like if you go earlier, the lighting might be slightly better. Yeah. But um, you're always, you know, it's going to be really difficult to have a time when there's no one on the bridge. There was like a pretty sunset going on as well at this time. Yeah, yeah. So the bridge is like the other thing I think that maybe was underwhelming for me is in all the photos here of the bridge, it looks like it's like in the middle of nowhere there's nature behind it but in reality it's like next to the main road mm. so like when you're actually there there's like heaps of cars going past and like the noise is like you know traffic right. it's not like the rushing river and the bird calls you know i mm. mean it's still a cool bridge but like i wouldn't go out of my way to go there yeah but the, that's kind of like the good thing though is like you don't have to go out of your way you know when yeah. you're going to the temple it's literally right there and also the other thing actually is um, the Nico Town Centre is actually really, really close. Like, it's way closer than we expected. Mm. Um, in fact, on the way back, I swear it was, like, maybe two stops, if that, to the bridge, to where we wanted to get off. And because we had center. the free bus, we just took the bus. And our yeah. friend had hurt her knees, so we yeah. were, like, busting everywhere. So, honestly, like, I reckon uh, if you go to Nico, you could pro- you could just walk there. You could just yeah, walk from the town sure. centre to the bridge and then walk from there to the temple. And that way you'd get to see, like, the entire city... Or the entire town kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's totally doable. Like, it'd literally take maybe 20 minutes, I reckon, to walk from town to there. Mm. Oh, maybe 30. I think it said 40 on Google Maps from, like, the main train station to there. Right, yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely, like, it's nice and convenient. There's the whole, like, the pass that we had gave us the free bus, and there's a specific World Heritage bus that just goes from the station to there and back. Yeah. Like, very regularly. Now, one thing about Nico Town, though, that we felt was kind of underwhelming was the food options man first of all things like have the weirdest hours there yeah it's yeah. very like inconvenient yeah that night after the bridge like we wanted to get food and there were very few places still open it was not that late either it was like 7 p.m yeah and then the next morning we wanted to have breakfast we wanted to have breakfast at like a reasonable time like at 10 it was 10 yeah and, and places weren't open like places opened at 11 uh, for breakfast yeah like it seems the hours are like 11 to 5 for yeah. most restaurants and cafes there yeah i have a feeling that maybe it's because of coronavirus where no. they're not getting any tourists and maybe their opening hours are really weird because i like google i was looking on google maps unless they've like updated the hours on google maps for coronavirus but like on google maps it said that the hours would like normally 10 30 or 11 until yeah. about five so honestly like if you're looking for food go into the first place you find because it's yeah. so hard to find another place that's open yeah. I mean, we managed to, like, we managed to find places that were really good. Yeah, we went to, like, a really good ramen place the first night. Yeah, that's true. And then for breakfast, we ended up just going to, like, one of those standard chain places. Like, it was, like, Denny's. What was it called? Like, Gustav's or something? I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically Denny's. It's Japanese Denny's is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which and is really nice because it had free, like, refills for drinks. You can get, like, hot chocolate. You can get Coke. You can get orange juice. You can get coffee. Tea. You can get whatever, and you can just keep refilling. Yeah. So, like, that was fine, and, um, but, yeah, I'd definitely be wary about which restaurant you plan on going to. Like, even, yeah. so the, like, hostel we were staying at had a, on the ground level, it had, like, a restaurant slash cafe, and their hours were 11 till 2. <laughs> yeah. It's like, horrible. what the hell? <laughs> Although, to be fair, we think that the hostel we were staying at is owned by one lady, and she lives at the hostel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the hostel, the second floor is, like, did that, that is her house. She's turned the front room into a restaurant. She lives next to the kitchen, because at one point I saw her coming out, and I'm pretty sure it was her bedroom. Mm. And then upstairs, there's the room we were staying in, is like the only, like, we were pretty sure those were the only four beds in the hostel. Yeah, yeah. It was still pretty cute. It was, like, nice. Oh, yeah, it was really nice. We paid 8,000 yen total. Yeah, between us, right? Between four people. Um, It was just, like, a capsule hotel, basically, it felt like. Like, the rooms were, like, little capsules. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, So, so yeah, so that was the first day. The first day was, like, our shrine day, right? And then the second day, so the other thing that uh, Nico is known for is, I guess, like, the waterfall, waterfalls there, you know, there's yeah. like two or three waterfalls and that are lake. really friendly, are oh, really friendly, really well known. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty friendly yeah, waterfalls. they were, yeah. <laughs> the first thing we did was we went to the information center. If you're, like, in a new Japanese town, I highly recommend going to the information center, because they can, like, get you some really good deals. Yeah. And they can tell you, they can give you, like, some really good hints on places yeah. to visit. So, um, like, for example, we knew that there was a waterfall that we really wanted to go to. 
but then the lady like recommended that we don't get off at the bus stop at the waterfall instead like get off at the next bus stop because there's like a really nice walkway down to like, yeah where you want to be and, and also stuff. at the time of year where we went it's like the perfect autumn leaves yeah like we like, wanted to go to one waterfall so and she good. was like oh yeah that's really good but the autumn leaves are better at another one by the way i like this is the first time in my life where autumn leaves have like been a thing for me. I think it's you know? it's the same as how you have the cherry blossom viewing. It's like the thing where you view for the change. Yeah, that's seasons. like a really big thing in Japan. Because there was like even at the tourist information center, there was like a chart, and it had a bunch of places, and then there was like a scale of how orange the leaves are, and it had like for each place yeah. what the leaves are now. Hmm. So like. You know, they take it very seriously. There's, like, yeah. 20 places, and, like, I'm guessing every few days they change where the leaves are on the scale. Yeah, yeah, I think they do. So, what is the one we went to first? First, the bus pass that we got, because oh, yeah. the Nico pass that we got was only for, the like, the city centre, I guess. Um, but we wanted to go a little bit further out. So, we got this thing called the Sen- Senjogara Plateau um, bus pass. It was 2,650 yen each. But when you, um, you end up using the bus a lot, and you can use it like multiple times mm-hmm. to go like in between stops and stuff. So it's well worth it. Mm. Um, so I'm really glad we got that. And the first falls we got, uh, we went to was called Kegon Falls. This is like the tallest falls that they have there. It's 97 meters high. And there's two different places that you can see it from. First, you see it from above in like this observation platform. Mm. And then. Um, weirdly, there's an elevator, like, in the mountain. Which goes through the bedrock, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and it takes, like, a down. minute. Like, Yeah, it literally takes a minute to get down to the bottom, and then you can see the waterfall from ground level. But you pay 500 yen for the elevator. Yeah, which, again, like, totally worth it. Yeah, it's, like, one of those things where you make your way all the way there. Like, you've got to be willing to spend $5 to, yeah. like, see the full thing. Yeah. We've not got it. Like, you could totally enjoy it without that. The one, like, not bad thing, like, not a bad at all. Like, the view was beautiful. The waterfall was really impressive. Like, I thought it was, like, mm. nice. It wasn't perfect autumn leaves at this one. It was pretty good, but it wasn't perfect. But at the same time, there was this school trip going on. So as we were walking towards the, like, line, the, like, queue to get our, like, elevator tickets, we saw this, like, a hundred school kids arriving, and we were like, oh, crap. So we, like, bolted to get into the front of that line. Yeah, man, so many school kids go to Nico, it turns out. I'm guessing they, they normally do, like, maybe international or further away flights, but because of COVID, they've, like, yeah. done domestic. But there was a lot of school kids. Actually, yeah, like, sidebar, one thing I've noticed about, like, when I'm talking to my students is Japanese people have really extravagant school camps. Like, yeah. You know, my school camps were literally going two hours away from town. <laughs> like, one year we went to my teacher's farm. <laughs> Meanwhile, these guys, they go to, like, uh, like my students have been to, you know, they'll go to, like, um, to Osaka, Kyoto, they'll go to Okinawa. Um, mm. Some of them have gone to, like, New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. Although, and it's really we common to work do that. in a pretty affluent area. So maybe the school that they're going to afford that better. But yeah, still, maybe. it seems like semi-common. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so uh, Kekon Falls was, I was really impressed by it. The water comes straight from Lake um, Zukenzi. It was nice. It was very cold at this time of year. The other thing is this area, Nico, is not... Chuzenji, sorry. Yeah, I was, yeah, I, was Chuzen- I was like, is this a different lake? <laughs> yeah. Lake Chuzenji, which is the big lake there. That's where, yeah. that's where the waterfall comes so, from. So the other thing with Nico that we wanted to do is the area is known for its food. Like the local food is yobu, which is basically like tofu skin. So we kept on saying we wanted to try it, but we kept on like forgetting. And when we were at Kegon Falls, one of the like stands was selling like it was basically like a potato croquet, croquet or croquette, which is croquet, the I think. Okay, I think like, croquette the is the sport. Oh, it's the croquette sport. Oh, okay. I think so. Yeah. Anyways, basically a hash brown, and on the inside, instead of having like cheese or something like they normally do, it had yobu, the tofu skin. And so we bought some of them, and it was good, you know? It was so cold there that day that it totally, like, warmed us up. Plus, we were also then able to say that we've had the local, like, yeah. dish they recommend. That's another thing about Japan, where every area, is, there's, like, a dish that's specific to this area. Mm-hmm. Like, when you go here, you have to try the soba. When you go here, you have to try... It's like, I, I wonder why it is that we don't really have that in New Zealand. Well, didn't... Was it you or one of our friends was saying this was, like, done intentionally by the tourism like department in japan yeah yeah that's so true it might this was been, like yeah. it was like a purposeful thing where like each area was like told to come up with their local dish yeah and so it's kind of cool because it's like another thing when you go somewhere new you can do easily enough like just find somewhere that sells that food yeah true for sure 
So, yeah, we got some yummy warm food. Mm. And then we headed off um, to the next waterfall. Like, we were wondering if, like, would be all waterfalled out. Is two waterfalls too many? Like, you know, <laughs> eh, it's a waterfall. But no, it's, like, it's well worth it because it's nature and nature is always good. Um, yeah. So we went to the second one called Ruzu Falls. Ruzu. Ruzu um, Waterfall. And this is the one where we were told to get off at, like, the next stop. Yeah. And, yeah, the reason for that is because there's a really nice track that goes down to the waterfall. So you can kind of follow the river um, as mm. it goes downstream. And also right next to the stop you get off at, there's a really good view where it's, like, the mountains are, like, meeting in, like, you know, like a perfect V. And you can see, like, peeking out between them, like, the view from the lake. And then the river is going right down the center. Yeah. So it's, like, the beautiful, like, like so many different, like, autumn leaf colors, like, red and orange and yellow and a little bit of green. And then, like, literally the view in my mind, I was like, this looks like a postcard for autumn. Yeah. You know? Like... It honestly looked like a painting. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me think, like, how come that's not a... Th- I, f- I feel like that's not a thing in New Zealand, like, where people really care that much about the leaves. Maybe or, maybe we have more evergreen, so it's not as, like, orange-looking. Yeah, maybe. Because the colours here were very vibrant. Like, yeah. it True, was actually. We of, have so many Christmas trees and where Mooney, I feel like they, they don't really yeah. change, so... Mooney actually messaged me after seeing my Instagram story, like, one of our friends in New Zealand, being like, I love Asian autumn. Mm, right. Because, like, okay. he's been to, like, he's from Korea... Right. Yeah. And he's been there in like autumn and he think he's been to Japan in autumn as well. So I think it's like a thing where in Asia they have really good autumn colours. They really do. I, I was kinda like meh about the whole changing leaves things. Yeah. Like people were saying like how they look at calendars to find the perfect dates. Yeah, one of our friends messaged us being like, Man, I'm so annoyed they haven't released the Fall colour. Calendar. Yeah, and we we're like, What the hell is yeah, that? Yeah, fall calendar. I was like, What the like autumn is from, you know, <laughs> from October to de- December, like what else do you need to know? Actually, wait, that's not right at all. It's from September to November. <laughs> but regardless, like, yeah. we were like, why did, Why would they release that? And it turns out they, like, officially release when they expect the leaves to be the perfect yeah. colour mm. in each area. Um, this waterfall is called, like, the name means dragon head because it looks like uh. a dragon, apparently. I couldn't see it. Like, I don't really <laughs> see w- how it looks like a dragon, but maybe from a certain angle. Like, the viewing platform to see this waterfall, though, is very small. So it's super crowded, and there's only one place you can really see it from. So, yeah, like, um, Kagon Falls, definitely definitely a cooler waterfall, because this one also isn't that big. Like, it's probably a five-meter drop. It's just like a river that has a slight decline. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it really is, yeah. But, like, the area, for in terms of the autumn leaves and that earlier view we talked about, was worthwhile. Like, I would have happily skipped this fall and Mm. just seen that view and gone back. But it was a nice wee walk through the, like, down towards the little, like, town area where there was the waterfall. And, like, we didn't do it, but that walk, you can also take it up. You Mm. can go further up, up to the mountains and stuff. And um, there's quite a nice hike, apparently, that goes around the lake. And you can visit the different mountains. Oh, yeah. Um, So if I ever, like, go back there, I'd be really keen to do that. Mm. Uh, Now, after this, I was kind of ready to go home at this point because I was pretty tired. Yeah, I was pretty done. Yeah. (laughs) But we really did want to go to an onsen, so we found one. Luckily, our one of our friends, her husband is Japanese, um, so she he can like call up. Yeah, he uh, wasn't even with us. He stayed at home for this trip. But he, yeah. like the lady, the information people recommended three onsens for us. So he called them on our behalf to like ask if they were allowing walk-ins because normally they do, but because of COVID, lots of places are only letting like hotel guests go. Yeah, because a lot of these onsens are at hotels, Mm. um, so they don't let outside people in. Uh, But we went to one called Nikko Sanui. It's right by the lake. This was Ellie's first onsen experience. Well, like, public onsen. So we did the private one in Hakone, but this one was my first, like, group one. Yeah. And the place in the pictures looked pretty nice. It wasn't actually our first choice, but the other ones, the times were kind of limited, so this was the one that was open. I was kind of like, you know, we get nervous about getting naked in front of people, but then, like... As soon as we started to, like, get changed. So we were going to stagger it because one of my other friends was not wanting to go with people she knows. Like, she said in the past that she's not comfortable with it. And we did not push her to go at all. We were like, we do not have to go to one. But she decided that if we staggered when we go into the pool, she doesn't mind too much. And so I was getting changed first. And then my other friend was like, do you mind if I come in? Like, the other one who likes onsens. And I was like, you know what? I did swimming for, like, a large portion of my childhood, and, like, you get changed in the changing rooms there. It's, like, the same thing. You're just naked when you go, like, into the onsen. 
Mm. And so it wasn't actually as awkward as I was worried about. Wait, so you guys didn't even go into the changing rooms together? Me and Laura did, but Steph waited until we were done. Oh, right. And then came in after us. So, like, Isn't that worse? Wouldn't you want to be the first person? Because if you're the last person, then everyone's watching you come in. No, because we we averted her eyes. She told us when she was coming in, and we had to look away. (laughs) Which is totally fine. Like, she, you know, if you're Mm. not comfortable, you're not comfortable. And I was, like, really worried it would be awkward. Because, like, you know, like, this is, like, in New Zealand, you're not normally going to see your friends naked unless you're, like, skinny dipping. And that's going to be at night time most of the time. So, like, I was worried, but then once I actually did it, it was not as awkward as I was worried. Like, Mm. it's more like you're conscious of where you're looking, to a different, like at a different level, because you're, you know, you're more careful not to like be a perv and like stare at them. But, but apart from that, it was actually like okay. But yeah. apart from the onsen itself, from yeah, and I was like, I was by myself, so it was just me and then like the three girls. So you know, they went to the girls one, I went to the guys one. But then we could talk to each other because they were right next to each other. There was like a wall, but Somya yeah. could hear us. Yeah, and in my one, there was no one else there. So once again, like my first onsen experience, I was. There was one other guy, but then he left pretty quickly, so I was by myself for that one. Mm. And now for this one, I was by myself as well. This one, though, completely different onsen. So last time, it was just... Basically, it was just hot water. That was it. This one, um, the inside onsen was uh, that, so it was just, you know, just normal water. It was like a big bath slash pool. Yeah, but the um, outside onsen was a sulfur slash <laughs> algae, yeah. Like, I don't think it was meant to have algae, I don't know, but it was green, and <laughs> no, I looked yeah, it up I afterwards. No, yeah, I think it was, yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was nice and green. Um, when I saw it, I was, yeah, uh, I was a little bit thrown back by the greenness of it, and mm-hmm. also, like, on, around the edges... I guess, like, you're not meant to clean it, right? Nah, it's... you are. This was not a very clean one. Both Steph and Laura were saying that this is, like, probably the worst onsen they've been to in terms of cleanliness. So, like... I don't know, because you knew it hadn't been cleaned in ages or ever because the sulfur had built up yeah. on the, uh, like, around the taps. Was your tap running? Well, it was under the water, so you couldn't see. Oh, see, our thing had a tap out of the water, um... and it was not going. And so, like... And around the area, so normally there's like a little waterfall of water coming down apparently, yeah. like Laura was saying, and that keeps the water like flowing to keep it fresh. This one, the area on the ground around it and like that second part of the balcony mm. was like kind of gross. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't have that problem. My yeah. own I think was going because it, it looked fine. One thing was like in the water, like it kind of looks like dead skin scales, <laughs> which was like kind of off-putting, but it was either, it might have been pieces of algae floating around or i think it might have been um flakes of the uh sulfur mm. uh off the walls and stuff that were kind of floating around but it literally just looked like dead skin yeah it was not um, very like appetizing <laughs> appetizing yeah. is the wrong word but like the outdoor one was a lot hotter as well yeah. it was probably like i'm guessing like 40 degrees no more than that because no. like remember how hot 40 was when we were at yeah i'm guessing in- it was like the higher temperature one from the hanma springs i'm guessing it was like 43 or 44 maybe but the problem is i went in with my silver bangle on and literally the second i put my arm in the water it turned like coppery black yeah that's pretty crazy how fast that chemical reaction happens but anyone wants a handy tip is when i got home i like wiped it down using toothpaste it like immediately cleaned the like sulfur off of it yeah. which is how you know yeah, that it, was, it had actual sulfur in the water yeah the fact that it went black but yeah, it was like crazy how quickly it went back. Because in like the New Zealand Hamna Springs, they have like warnings. They tell you not to wear your silver jewelry. And I just forgot. I just didn't take it off when I got in because I always wear this bangle. And yeah, it was kind of like ridiculous how quickly it changed color. Man, now that I've like, I've been in, I've had two onsen experiences, but they've both been alone. I feel like I'm not going to know what to do when there's other people. Because <laughs> for me, like I loved it. I was literally doing yoga. <laughs> you know, I hadn't like done proper stretches in about a week, so I was like, you know what, let's do it. So I was just like doing my yoga like in the water. You know, it was like so good on your muscles, like the bump <laughs> and stuff. It was perfect. Meanwhile, like we were all sitting there, like avoiding looking at each other's boobs. Like. Yeah, I was like, man, I wonder what's happening in there. <laughs> yeah, and so I we spent like maybe like twenty minutes in I the think outdoor it was one. About twenty to thirty. Like. Yeah, and then we like went into the indoor one. And I, and I, I mean we, because we kind of did it at the same time. Like, when I heard them going into the yeah. indoor one, I was like, all right, I'll go into the indoor one too. And so it was like 700 yen for the onsen. And no, then, it was 800. Was it 800? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 800. And apparently it's normally seven, like around 700. Mm. 
and um, it also included like a towel rental. And those towels looked tiny. They looked like mm-hmm. face towels, but they actually like folded out. No, they, they are face towels. When, when uh, I had a look at the sheet of paper that they gave us, and it says face towel. Included. Oh, really? So yeah, so it is a face towel, but like we had to use that to as dry a your whole towel. body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, like I said, like I wasn't that keen to do it at the beginning, I think, because I was yeah. a little bit tired. But by the end of it, I was like, man, I feel so good. And I was getting pretty cold before we did that. I was pretty rugged up, but I didn't have any like merino or heat tech on. So I was pretty cold. And then that definitely made me like a good temperature. And so after that, we had a bit more energy. So we ended up walking down to the lake. Yeah, so this is that um, that lake that I was talking about. Uh, Lake Chuzenji. 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 Yeah, Lake Chuzenji. We might be saying the wrong name. Yeah. (laughs) A beautiful sight because it was at nighttime when the sun was going down. It was a beautiful sunset. The sky was like pink. Um, And yeah, we got some really nice The water was super calm. So like the mountains were reflecting in the water and then the sunset was reflecting. I don't know. It was amazing. Yeah, it looked great. And yeah, that onsen was really like the perfect way to end that day yeah even though the onsen itself was like not great the fact that afterwards we mm. felt like warmer and we were more relaxed was really nice i mean yeah i don't really think that much of it because it's like for me like as long as it's hot water like that's now kind of what you need. well like i was talking with like i had two other people with me who've been to many onsens and they both said that that was probably like the worst one they've been to mm. not the actual experience like we all enjoyed like chatting and we're like yeah. like even our friend who didn't want to go to onsens I asked her afterwards, I was like, do you think now you'd go with friends again? And she said she totally would. She said it would still be awkward for her, but, like, in itself, the fact that it was just the three of us and it was, like, all good, it wasn't that weird, kind of made her more comfortable with it. Yeah, I remember, like, my friend um, in New Zealand, he went to Korea with his friends and and he said he was going to go to an onsen. And, like, everyone kind of thought it was weird, you know, it was like, oh, my God. Like, you're going to be going to an onsen with your mates. Like, isn't that a bit weird? Like, you know, mm. I wonder what it's going to be like. And then when he came back, he said, nah, it was all good. You know, you didn't even think about it. Because, like, um, the thing is, everyone's polite about it. Everyone avoids staring at each other's privates. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, like, the thing is, like, even if that did happen, like, you kind of go, who gives a shit kind of well, thing? Well, no, like, as in, you're going to see them. Like, yeah. it's hard to avoid it. But no one's going to be creepy and stare. Oh right? uh, yeah, yeah, but like, like and but I think that's the fear. Like that's the fear that associates with it that people are gonna be like looking at you and judging you. Mm, but it's like yeah. you're trying so hard not to look at each other. Yeah. That there's gonna be no judgment happening. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> like, like these guys boy... are having like discussions about like, you know, oh like should we go, should we not go? And I was like, Yeah, of course, like let's go. But of course like it was so much easier for me because yeah. I wasn't gonna see anyone naked. Or if you did it would be strangers, not friends. Yeah, exactly. So like I don't know, I think like it would be more awkward for boys, right? Because what if you just got like an awkward erection. You know, the human body is a weird <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah, there is always the awkward erection uh, conundrum. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe it's something that you could just uh, laugh off. Well, I'm guessing Noah would mention it, right? <laughs> no way, like, you'd have to... Do you think to... boys would mention it? <laughs> I think... What, you yourself would... would acknowledge it? Well, it would never be just, like, full-on displayed like that. You would be trying so hard to hide it in some way that it would be pretty obvious that, you know... Yeah. That, I guess... Um, but hey, you know what? They've got showers right next to it, which have cold water as well. So <laughs> yeah, true. So you, you can, can just... be like, you know what? I need to have another shower. <laughs> you know, you can just say you're like feeling a little bit dirty. Or like the thing is, you do like I ended with a shower because like you're feeling like you feel so overheated. Oh, I, I didn't do that. I, I I wanted to keep that warmth. Oh no! Plus for me, the um like I was kind of grossed out. Like I wasn't very confident in the water quality. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make sure I shower. And also, I didn't want to smell like sulfur. But the inside pool doesn't have sulfur. Yeah, but we weren't in that one for that long. We only uh, stayed in that one for a bit. But yeah, it was like, overall, this was like a great trip. Yeah, for sure. I really liked this trip. So the way back was a little bit stressful. So when we got there, the ticket office was closed. And we tried to buy like the limited express ticket on the machine. But it kept on saying there was no train at the time we wanted. So we just followed like Google Maps. And it told us to go to another station and then catch another train. And once we got onto the second train, we realized that was a limited express train and we hadn't paid for a ticket, yeah. but like we were already on it. So we just like sat down and like hoped for the best. And then someone else had actually the seat that our friends were in. Someone else had a ticket for those seats, so they had to move. And then the conductor like checked tickets and we tried to pretend to be asleep. And then we yeah. just like, we played the dumb foreigner card and when he were like... Well, we could hear him talking to someone in the back, so we we're like, oh my God, he's coming. Yeah. So we like went to sleep basically and the funny thing is the sleep worked because he went right past me and ellie who were asleep and he went to our friends at the yeah front. they should have pretended to be asleep yeah but we hadn't communicated that with them so they're <laughs> they're still awake just talking 
But then, you know, once he started talking to them, we woke up. But anyway. we just played the dumb foreigner card because we realized after we got on it was Limited Express, yeah. but we just pretended we hadn't. So we got out our Nico pass, and when he asked for tickets, we gave that to him. Yeah. So, like, we were like, you know what? We want him to know that this wasn't on purpose because it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, and also, it's so much easier because we don't know Japanese very well. It's so much easier to play the dumb foreigner card <laughs> than doing the whole, hey, you know what? We know that it's a Limited Express, and we tried to get the ticket, but it was, well, we couldn't, blah, blah. You know, instead of going through all of that, it's so much easier to just be like, oh, what? Like, just pointing at your ticket like yeah train and he spoke enough english that yeah. he was like this is no this is limited express yeah this does not include limited yeah. express and he just charged us on the spot i, I like the bullcrap because like we know it's not a lim- you know we know it's a limited express and, and we knew that our show. thing didn't count for the yeah express. so like when he's like oh actually this ticket you know you have to ch- pay extra we're like oh really we we're like oh my gosh oh, i'm my so god. sorry yeah. oh my god <laughs> But yeah, it was like all good. I was so worried. I was like, we're going to get arrested. But um, he just like charged us on the spot. And Sonia has the biggest balls on the planet because he mischarged us. And when we were there illegally, Sonia challenged him on how much he charged us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need that extra 140 yen or whatever yeah. it was. In the end, it was fine. But whew, I was so stressed when I heard him coming, checking the tickets. I was like, Sonia, Sonia, did you yeah, First illegal act in Japan. And it was a mistake. I mean... Like, half a mistake in that we were already on the train. Mm, so, like... Yeah. All right, well, that's pretty much it for this episode. So, we went to Nico. Awesome trip. We really liked it. By the way, was it our last podcast? Or might, maybe... I can't remember if it was our last one or if we were literally talking about it at the beginning of this one. <laughs> but we were talking about how we're planning on going back to New Zealand. Well, that's officially not happening. So, we're not going yeah. back to New Zealand. Like, it was a big combination of pricing and also i realized our visas uh, require us to work earn at least two hundred fifty thousand yen a month and with the current pandemic we're earning like half of that yeah so i realized that when you to get back into japan on our visa right now you have to send in an application and they check your visa and i was like well i don't want them to check it and then realize we're not meeting the requirements anymore because we might not be let back in so I officially told my friend whose wedding we were going for that we're not going to be able to make it. And she was very understanding. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. yeah. So the downside is we can't go to New Zealand. The upside is that we can now go to more places in Japan. Yeah. Somia's being all um, positive. I'm still pretty sad about this. Well, I kind of decided that I wasn't going to go back to New Zealand a couple of weeks ago. But I still wanted Ellie to go. Yeah. Because my sister's having a baby. My friend's having a baby. My friend's getting married. Yeah. There were so many reasons to go back. But mm. I think... It's just not, like, financially viable and also, like, what would happen if I didn't get let back into country? It would be. Because we've had two of my work colleagues have received letters from the government saying they're not meeting the requirements. Yeah, so, I mean, we're really lucky we have a three-year visa, so we don't want to fuck that up. Because, yeah, theirs was one year, so the government had to, like, look into it to renew it. So that made me be like, okay, well, I don't want them looking into mine to see if I can come back into the country. Yeah. But, yeah, so now we've got some more travel planned. We're probably going to go to Kyoto next month, right, for our anniversary. Kyoto is by far the number one destination in Japan. Oh, yeah. If you ask anyone, like, what's the number one thing to do in Japan, they will say Kyoto. Like Literally locals. every yeah. single student will be like, oh, have you been to Kyoto yet? Yeah. And, and for every, like, season as well. Like, I remember in spring, you know, I asked them, what's the number one, what's the number one spring destination? They said Kyoto. Now that it's autumn, I was like, what's the number one autumn destination? They said Kyoto. Yeah. So, yeah, we really want to go to Kyoto. And then also another place I really want to go to is uh, Fujiku Highland. Oh, Somia's been talking about this nonstop. Yeah. This is a uh, theme park here, which is like a super like adrenaline junkie theme park. It's got a bunch of world records. So we're looking forward to go to that as well. And our friends who we just went on the strip with, I think they were like messaging us being like, they realize that there's a bunch of good onsens in the area as well. Yeah, we're so, also onsen people now. Yeah, so I think they're keen to go to Fuji, Q Highland, and then go to a nice onsen, not yeah. a bad one. All right, well, thank you for listening, guys. That's the end of the podcast. Hopefully, if you ever decide to go there, you yeah, can use Yeah, if you were coming info. to Japan for like two weeks, I'd totally recommend visiting Nico in that time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, if you're here for one week, maybe not. Two weeks, totally. Like, if you're planning on spending a lot of time in Tokyo, yeah. honestly, spend one of those days going to Nico. Yeah, because you can do it in a day trip. Yeah. We yeah. did it over two days, but you could easily do it in a day trip. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, cool. yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.